welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning does a great job. It's Naples' longest established air conditioning company. You can find out more by visiting johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. Uh, visit lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific guest for today's show, including Keith Flaw, the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. We'll visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Dr. George Markovich is an orthopedic surgeon. Love to have him on once a month. Uh, he replaced both of my knees in 2006, for which I'm forever grateful. What a great uh, physician and surgeon he is. And also Bill Barnett, uh, former mayor of Naples, will be joining us. We'll be getting some commentary on what's happening locally as well. It is April the 1st, and on this day in 1700, English pranksters began popularizing the annual tradition of April Fool's Day by playing practical jokes on each other. Now, why did they do that? Although the day, also called All Fool's Day, has been celebrated for several centuries by different cultures, its exact origins remain somewhat of a mystery. Some historians speculate that April Fool's Day dates back to 1582, when France switched from the Julian to the Gregorian calendar, as called by the Council of Trent in 1563, people who were slow to get the news or failed to recognize the start of the new year had moved to January 1st and continued to celebrate it during the last week of March through April 1st, became the butt of jokes and hoaxes. These pranks included having a paper fish placed on their backs being referred to as uh, April Fish. Said, uh, said to symbolize a young, easily hooked fish and a gullible person. April Fool's Day spread throughout Britain during the 18th century in Scotland. The tradition uh, became a two-day event, starting with hunting the gauk, in which people were sent on a phony errands, like a gauk is a word for a cuckoo bird, or a symbol for a fool, and followed by tally day, which involved pranks, played on people's derrieres, such as pinning fake tails on or kick-me signs on them. Not much has changed through the century, has it? So not going to be any April Fool's Day jokes today, but some of this stuff is going to sound pretty foolish, uh, quite frankly. Uh, more than 100 people in Washington State have tested positive for COVID-19 after being fully vaccinated. Uh, epidemiologists have found evidence of 102 so-called breakthrough cases since February 1st, the number represents a small percentage in the state who have been fully vaccinated, but nevertheless, that's a lot of folks. Eight of the patients required hospitalization, and two, both over 80 years old with underlying health issues, died. All contracted the virus more than two weeks after being fully vaccinated. It's important to remember that every vaccine on the market right now prevents severe disease and death in most cases. People should still get vaccinated as soon as they're eligible and encourage friends, loved ones, and co-workers to do the same, the State Secretary of Health said in a statement. Finding evidence of a vaccine breakthrough case reminds us that even if you have been vaccinated, you still need to wear a mask, practice social distancing, and wash your hands to prevent spreading COVID-19 to others who have not been vaccinated. Uh, this story, 
is less and less encouraging about getting vaccinated, quite frankly. But according to U.S. drug regulators, Pfizer's vaccine is 95% effective in preventing infection of the virus. Moderna's was shown in clinical trials to be 94.1% effective, while Johnson & Johnson's was 66.9% effective. Other states have been seen serious infections. Uh, Officials in Idaho told reporters last week that breakthrough cases have been recorded, although the number was fewer than 100. South Carolina said they uh, this week that 134 such cases have been identified. Dozens of patients in Florida have contracted the CPCP virus more than 14 after, days after being fully vaccinated. That's dozens of patients. The Minnesota Department of Health is among health departments issuing advisories about the breakthrough cases. So uh, uh, you know, something to take into consideration. If you're on the fence about getting vaccinated, uh, People are still getting it, and they quite frankly have other uh, things uh, as well, unrelated to uh, COVID-19, other experiences. Oh, deputies, this is, I'm not making this up, now. really, this is not April Fool's. Deputies found homemade explosives and drugs while executing a search warrant at a home of a Naples physician, according to the sheriff's office. According to an arrest report, Dr. Christy Cugini, an endocrinologist with Millennium Physician Group had bomb-making materials all over his house. The bomb squad found six home-made explosive devices and three improvised mines in his master bedroom, the report said. The uh, IEDs, explosive devices, were four inches long, cylindrical, and sloppy, which bore the signs of being made at home, Deputy said. The mines were created with wood, a pipe, and uh, live rifle rounds, they were designed to be buried and to discharge a bullet in the foot of whoever stepped on the mine. Other, uh, for, upon further inspection, deputies found bomb-making materials and flash powder hidden in a vitamin bottle in the hallway. Flash powder is commonly used in fireworks. They also found materials in the garage, including PVC pipe, wooden boards, and chemicals used to make homemade explosives. X-rays were taken with devices, which showed that they were working and could have exploded or shot around had they been activated, according to a report. Deputies said the explosive devices were made strictly to cause harm. Maybe he had some... (laughs) What is this guy thinking? Maybe he's thinking about a career change. Anyhow, deputies found several kinds of drugs while searching the Cugini house. They discovered 555.9 grams of marijuana, for which he didn't have a prescription. They also found various pill bottles with other people's names on them to, hidden in a safe. The bottles were filled with uh, oxycodone, hydrocodone, and, and the report states. Heat seal bags, a vacuum cleaner, sealer, and scale were also discovered in addition to $20,000 of high-end jewelry. Detectives uh, found documents with Eugenie's name on them in the house, including legal papers and credit cards. Eugenie appears to only live with his younger daughter. He initially agreed to speak with deputies, but then invoked his Miranda rights and stopped talking. He faces nine charges of possessing and making destructive devices and six drug charges. He's booked at the Cuyahoga County Jail. A Millennium Physician Group said this about the arrest. We are shocked at the allegations regarding Dr. Christy Cugini. He has been placed on administrative leave until further notice. We would like to assure our patients we are diligently working to preserve their community of care. Of course, they are.
What a surprise story that is. What in the world could motivate a guy, a physician, of uh, that kind of behavior? He had issues with his neighbors. Who knows? Well, President Joe Biden began yesterday promoting his $2 trillion infrastructure plan, which began aiming to fix roads, bridges, and other features as expansive climate change and social welfare agenda, with the White House calling it the moment to reimagine and rebuild a new economy. Uh, Mr. President, I'm not interested. This is what a waste. White House officials said with a call with reporters that Biden will call for a dramatic and more permanent shift in the direction of the U.S. economy with a generational investment in upgrading and reorienting our power infrastructure in this country for the carbon-free electric future. For some reason, he flew to Pittsburgh to make this speech. He looked pretty wobbly going up the stairs again, but he didn't fall down on uh, Air Force One. Only 4,300 folks tuned in to watch this speech, by the way. He said every dollar spent on rebuilding our infrastructure during the Biden administration will be used to prevent, reduce, and withstand the impacts of the climate crisis. Which, by the way, for I take tremendous exception to this climate crisis nonsense. Carbon dioxide is plant food. In any event, they also said Biden's proposal, which is detailed in a White House briefing paper in which the president plans to discuss in the afternoon speech in Pittsburgh, also features a major social justice thrust. Unlike past major investments, the plan prioritizes addressing long-standing and persistent racial injustice. What a joke. The plan targets 40% of the benefits of climate and clean infrastructure investments to disadvantaged communities, the White House noted. Called the American Jobs Plan, it calls for $621 billion to be rebuild the nation's infrastructure, including a $174 billion investment in an electric vehicle market that sets a goal of a nationwide charging network by 2030. Congress will also be asked to put $400 billion towards affordable housing and community-based care for aging Americans and people with disabilities. Folks, if you want to know what socialism looks like, uh, you're hearing it right now. This is what we're talking about, taking a totally effective free economy and turning it into a social socialized uh, network of services. There's $213 billion provided and to build and re- retrofit affordable and sustainable homes, along with hundreds of billions to support U.S. manufacturing, bolster the nation's electric grid, enact nationwide high-speed broadband, and revamp the nation's water systems to ensure clean drinking water. Biden aims to put corporate America on the hook for the tab, which is expected to grow to a combined $4 trillion once he rolls out the second part of his economic plan. And by the way, uh, raising corporate taxes, that just is a cl- tax on the middle class. What happens when the uh, corporate corporations pay the taxes? Well, one thing they consider moving back to Mexico, unfortunately, but they also just pass the cost on to the consumer. And who does that hurt? It hurts the little guy. Unbelievable stuff. Coming up, we're going to be uh, visiting with Keith Flaw, the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. Lifeinnaples.net is the website.
Yeah, we're going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York style theater at its very best. And you can find out more by visiting golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us Keith Flaws. I mentioned before the break, he's the co-founder of a terrific organization doing great things to help uh, kids' education, qu- the quality of education, public education here in Florida. Keith Flaw. Keith, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Keith. So tell us about the Florida Citizens Alliance. Well, we're a grassroots uh, coalition of now uh, well over 110,000 people. Uh, we work with uh, a lot of grassroots groups. I think the count's well over 100 right now, just here in Florida. And... Uh, We've, we spend a, an enormous amount of energy fighting to stop the indoctrination of our kids. Uh, we're very active in some of the legislative education stuff that's going on right now. And so, uh, and we're huge supporters of uh, parental school choice. So um, our, our objective is to, quote, unleash the learning potential of each and every child and uh, stop the indoctrination. And doing a great job, I might add. I, I, quite frankly, I've just uh, this organization was what nine years old or ten years old, 
and what you've accomplished and the effectiveness and the influence now that you had a positive influence on education has just been really remarkable. The website is goflca.com. Goflca.com is the website. Uh, did I get that right, Keith? Yeah, well, it's either .com or .org. We own both of them, so either one of them gets you uh, to the same place. Uh, good to know. Okay. <laughs> so, hey, uh, one thing. Where do we stand with uh, right now with masks for our kids uh, going to school? Yeah, there's a couple topics there that are somewhat related in our mind. The mask mandate for kids uh, in schools is just absolutely uh, way over the top. Uh, there's there, there, All of the research, all of the science says that kids have a very, very low likelihood of getting um, COVID. And if they get it, um, they're not spreaders. Right. And secondly, if they get it, um, they're not going to die. Right. So um, masks in schools, uh, I call them child abuse. Uh, they're uh, they're, they're going to have a generational effect yep. on the psychology of, of kids learning. I mean, kids learn by... Uh, by reading parents and, and their adults' facial expressions, of by course. learning the facial expressions of their peers. Of course. And so uh, putting kids behind a mask is, is terrible from that perspective. But there's also mounting evidence that uh, forcing kids to wear masks um, cause physical harm. Of course. And so it's time for Governor DeSantis to just... Uh, He's been doing some interesting things that are that I think are very very good uh, on the mask mandates. I think it's time for him to step up and just declare schools uh, are voluntary uh, and kids. Uh, and I think parents, by the way, and I'm on a bit of a rant, so forgive me, but I think parents ought to stand up and just say enough's enough and refused to let their kids wear masks in schools. I, I agree with you, percent. although I still think there's this uh, pandemic of fear going on in the country. Quite frankly, if... I think if the governor suspended the requirement for masks in schools or suspended said uh, no more masks, I think still half of the people would continue to wear them, unfortunately. so. And, uh, and if they do it on your own choice, I guess that's okay. I, I mean, I think it's nuts, but uh, uh, if you do it at your own choice, that's that's your prerogative. Uh, so, to be mandated by the government, I think, is uh, way over the top. Uh, well said, absolutely. What about the requirement for vaccines for kids? This, I began to hear this uh, going on. Yeah, Pfizer just came out, and this just blew my mind. Pfizer just came out and said that their uh, vaccine was 100% effective uh, for young children. Well, duh. I mean, <laughs> young children don't get it, and when they get it, um, they, they don't die from it. So for them to declare that it's 100% effective is just really disingenuous, in my opinion. Yeah. But what's really, uh, what's really worse is there's mounting uh, serious uh, science, and doctors, many, many doctors now are saying, that the potential of uh, taking the, the vaccine could have long-term effects on sterility huh. uh, and could have long-term effects on your immune system. So why would any parent or, or, or any adult subject a child uh, to something that's experimental and doesn't prevent you from getting COVID? All of the vaccine providers tell you it. this doesn't prevent you. It just less, dramatically lessens the effects. So why would you subject your child to this? It's just beyond me. Yeah. And so I'm hoping any parents listen, uh, take this to heart. And uh, get, and you mentioned it. This is an environment of fear. Uh, overcome your fear and don't let your kids be yeah. um, subjected to uh, this vaccine. A great admonition for sure. Hey, you know, uh, 
your organization uh, used to be very active with regard to the Second Amendment issues. Uh, anything going on on that front? Yes, uh, quite a bit. Um, we have a major effort here in Collier County. In fact, there's 39 counties across the state that have uh, done a re uh, f uh, completed a resolution at their Board of County Commission uh, to uh, to stand up and, and declare their districts, their counties, uh, sanctuary counties uh, against the Second Amendment. Here in Collier County, we have a major effort going on. Uh, you mean against assault, to, uh, against assaults against the sec Second Amendment? Yes, it's okay. it's, it's uh, so. Um, there's uh, there's a group of us that uh, led by a, a fellow by the name of uh, um, Jimmy Rosenberger, who was a <coughs> captain and fire uh, firefighter in 9/11 at the Twin Towers. But anyway, uh, he's leading an effort here uh, to get our Board of County Commission to actually do an ordinance, not a resolution, but actually do an ordinance. Uh, that declares that in Florida we're going to follow the, the U.S. Constitution, the Florida Constitution, and the laws of Florida, but we're going to stand up and declare any uh, overreach by the president through executive order or Congress uh, that, that uh, infringes on the Second Amendment is effectively null and void. So we're working very hard to try to get that uh, folks to sign that. Um, here in uh, Collier County, there are a number of ways you can do that. Uh, you can subscribe to our website, send me an email, and we'll make sure you get the petition. Uh, seed to Table, there are actually people at the Alamo and Seed to Table, if you're there uh, to, to do uh, you know, a physical petition. Uh, if you're a member of the Alamo, you will have already received, there are 58,000 of us, so, so you would have already received a, a petition. So we're just encouraging the public to stand up and help us protect our constitutional rights. Absolutely. I think it's a great idea, and congratulations to you on doing that. By the way, Jeff, before I let you go, I know you've got a, a big event coming up on April the 17th. Yes. Um, it's actually, we're calling it Celebrating Kids and Country Part 2. Uh, we did Part 1 back in February at the Naples Grand, which was a high-end fundraising event. This is this is clearly an awareness event. It, it's priced as low as $9.99. Uh, $9.99 for uh, you know one month, and then you can just continue to stay or not after one month. And it's going to be available both uh, uh, in, in person at the Naples Community Church or online. Um, we have some dynamite speakers. Um, Rebecca Friedrichs, who is a 28-year teacher, uh, took a case against the unions all the way to the Supreme Court. Uh, she's going to be here in person. Uh, some of your listeners may know Alex Newman. He's an amazing uh, writer, freelance writer. He writes for New American and Epic Times. Uh, he's hmm. very articulate and very strongly uh, against the indoctrination of schools. And then we have a number of folks, uh, some in person and some that will be uh, short videos, uh, like Erica Donalds is going to be there in person to talk to what she's doing, um, you know, for Barney School program. Yeah. Um, across the state of florida so it's on a saturday morning we picked a saturday morning on purpose uh to hopefully get parents engaged if and then give them the rest of their weekend to, to be with their family so uh we're hoping we can turn out uh you know 150 or so um folks and uh and uh, just help them become aware of what's going on in the schools and provide some solutions to them for dealing with that yeah, absolutely so I, I plan on being there keith and uh, just encourage our listeners to go to your website uh, goflca.com or org goflca.com 
and sign up for the event. Uh, and uh, again, for as little as <laughs> ten bucks, uh, you're in and uh, supporting a great organization, getting good information as well. Keith, I genuinely appreciate you coming on the show here today. Thank you so much for joining us. Sure. Have a great weekend. You as well. Thank you. All right. Coming up, we're going to visit with uh, Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the uh, Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Luke Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the Intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Golfshire Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards and providing unique educational opportunities to folks in a spirit of service, adventure, and excitement. Over the past 15 years, the Playhouse has expanded immensely, outgoing its current facilities. With dreams of expanding even further in order to better serve the community, broaden the economic impact, and strengthen the cultural fabric of our region, it's time to build and move into a new home. A 44,000 square foot state-of-the-art theater and education center will be built on three acres at the corner of First Avenue South and Goodlett Frank Road, allowing Gulf Shore Playhouse to achieve those dreams. To find out more about Gulf Shore Playhouse, this state-of-the-art performing arts center, and about the season's exciting productions, visit golfshoreplayhouse.org. That's golfshoreplayhouse.org. We'll see you at the show. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. Hey, check out Choice Social. It's a new and refreshing social networking platform. I'm on it. My show's on it. You can find out more by visiting choicesocial.us. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Dr. George Markovich, orthopedic surgeon. Right now we have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Tell us about less government. Yeah, we exist to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and it apparently is working. The infrastructure is only going to be two trillion instead of three. Seton, can you believe what the press, what what they're proposing? I mean, literally, they're talking about just turning the, you know, all the wonderful work that the president had done, and I'm talking about Donald Trump, in order to quote unquote make America great again. He's just tearing apart those planks and just turning us into a socialist nation. Yes, it's it's the 
It's probably the Indigo Montoya bill uh, from uh, Princess Bride. You keep using that word infrastructure. I don't think it means what you think. Um, their infrastructure has nothing to do, well, it has some to do with road and bridges. Um, but it has a lot to do with green energy. Uh, they want to pump a ton of mo- additional money into solar and wind and all that nonsense. Um, they want to do $100 billion for Internet connections, which, of course, is absurd because we've already got 98% of the country wired. Right. Uh, they're still doing it the hardline way, where we're about to have 5G wireless, where you'll have a gig of speed per second on your phone, which means digging trenches to people won't make as much sense anymore. Um, they're just everything about it is wrong. It's 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 two point of the COVID bill, which only spent nine percent of the money on COVID. Unbelievable. So, Seton, you wrote a, a column. Of course, more for government means less for us, and it is so true. Maybe you can tell us about it. Yeah, um, it's funny they had a second incident already since I wrote this piece. Um, what I'm referring to is California, all by its onesies impose net neutrality on the Internet, on their Internet. Now, it, of course, it's absurd. It's a World Wide Web. It's absurd to have 50 different states applying 50 different... You know, I, I'm, as, I'm as federalism a guy as they come, but if it's a World Wide Web, you've got to have one federal policy and then go and negotiate your connections with the rest of the world. That's quite, that's quite obvious, mm-hmm. I think. Um, to have 50 different states doing 50 different net neutrality policies and 50 different privacy policies doesn't make any sense, because then you can't possibly come up with a coherent federal policy uh, to then nego- negotiate with the rest of the planet. So they've imposed a net neutrality thing. And, the, and of course, more government means less. they have to spend more money, time, and effort appeasing the government, which means they spend less time, money, and effort appeasing us. Right. And one of the things AT&T was doing was they were offering free, I think it was HBO Plus. I think they, they own HBO or something. So you got unlimited streaming of HBO Plus on your phone for free. Mm. Well, because net neutrality uh, regulations cost money, one of the casualties of this free streaming, uh, of this net neutrality imposition was they stopped offering free unlimited streaming of HBO Plus. Now, since I've written this, since I wrote this piece, another thing is happening. There's, uh, the Veterans Administration has an app, which, which uh, the uh, veterans of the, of the United States use when they're using, uh, you know, the, the, the medical care there to which they're entitled. Well, a bunch of uh, wireless service providers were provided, without, unspoken, it was just a given, they were giving free streaming, unlimited, to the veterans. Mm-hmm. Well, again, that nothing's free. Right. <laughs> Just because they're not charging anything for it doesn't mean it's free. So what's happening now is the companies are now looking at ending the unlimited free streaming for the veterans because they have to pay for net neutrality. Right. So this is happening. This is going to happen more and more. Um, as, as the regime gets more and more in place 
and, and it's, it, 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 it's onerousness becomes more obvious, more and more things like this are going to happen. Where, you know, you're, if you'll recall, just to give you an example, the, the, the left decided to attack contracts for your phone, for your phone carrier, for your phone company. They thought it was, it was obnoxious that you had to sign a contract with a company to get your service. So the phone companies canceled their contracts, and you went from getting an, a, a $1,000 iPhone for 100 bucks to paying the full $1,000 right. for the iPhone and then not signing a contract because that was the point of signing a contract. They'd give you a $1,000 phone for 100 bucks as long as you signed a two-year contract with them to you know, pay them for, for wireless service. Right. And because the left decided the contracts were obnoxious, uh, you had to go to paying your full freight for a thousand dollar phone. Yeah. <laughs> How's that an improvement in your life? I uh, don't see it as such, and that's what's going to happen here with net neutrality. Yeah, no, it's such a shame. We're seeing uh, costs going up, and unfortunately, it it really hurts. Quite frankly, I hate to use the the term, but the little guy. Uh, these taxes are of course it does regressive. They're this is this we've seen this in practice for a year with these stupid China virus lockdowns. Yeah. You know, hundreds of thousands of small businesses have gotten killed, and Amazon and Facebook have added $50 billion each to their net worth. I'm government is... The wedge between the rich and everyone else is as big or as small as government is, because only the rich can afford to pay for government. Well, what we're seeing... So, as you grow government, the only people... You know, fewer and fewer people can afford to exist and... And they go away. Yeah. Meanwhile, the rich who can afford, you know, a thousand lawyers and a thousand lobbyists uh, to shape the big government, the, the, the best benefits them, they, they not only survive, they thrive. Meanwhile, the little guy by the tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. Gets, gets shoved out of the economy. No question. Seat Motley, again, the founder and president of Less Government. I really appreciate your uh, well-informed commentary here on the show, Seaton. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, sir. My pleasure indeed. Again, lessgovernment.org is the website, lessgovernment.org. Okay, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Dr. George Markovich. He's my orthopedic surgeon. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the uh, Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. 
listen to The Bob Harden Show, so why not market your company to our loyal listeners? Ads are played live on each show and then archived so listeners can hear the show and your ad at their convenience. Each advertising package includes a banner on BobHarden.com with a link to your website at no extra charge. Join Lulabee's Diner, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Blue Provence, and many others who advertise on the show. Call me at 598-3889, that's 598-3889, or send an email to BobHarden at Hotmail.com to design an ad program that's just right for your business and your budget. You'll be pleasantly surprised at the cost and the value. Several advertisers have been with me for years. Find out why by calling 598-3889 or send me an email to BobHarden at Hotmail.com. You'll be glad you did. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to visit with former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Right now we have with us my orthopedic surgeon, Dr. George Markovich. Dr. Markovich, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, Bob. Good morning. Good morning. You know, uh, the uh, Masters is coming up this weekend, and unfortunately, Tiger Woods is not going to be a part of it. He had this horrendous car accident where uh, he <laughs> broke a lot of bones. I was just really interested if you could comment on on what happened, number one, and number two, what, what the implications might be for his own health. Sure. Well, look, as far as I know, he's alive, and that's uh, a major step in terms of recovery. Oh, man. Um, the traumatic uh, problems that, that uh, he had uh, and continues to have will have a dramatic effect on his ability to uh, lead a productive life. I, I don't think, uh, you know, the prognosis is, is known right now in terms of how functional he's going to be. Uh, but let's let's get back to some basic principles. Um, he had open fractures. Anytime long bones get through the skin and are exposed to the environment, it's a tremendous infection risk. It's a tremendous stress to the body, and uh, the mortality rate uh, is quite high if you don't get uh, care uh, quickly. Mm. Um, and interestingly enough, <clears throat> there's been other celebrities, Ashley Judd. Uh, uh, Brooke Shields had a long bone fracture, but I think it was closed initially, but it became infected. So these are problems that still plague people even when they're in excellent health and uh, have uh, unlimited resources. Uh, so uh, with, with Tiger, um, it happened in Los Angeles. He was able to be uh, airlifted to a trauma facility and they resuscitated him and stabilized his fractures, which, as I understand, affected both extremities and uh, were very severe, involving the ankle joints, uh, what we call pilon or plafond fractures, um, involving the tibia and fibula and uh, some bones in the feet. Mm. So uh, the stability is very important because stabilization of bones uh, helps the soft tissues uh, uh, not be as compromised and helps ward off infection in addition to uh, wound management, antibiotic administration, and so forth. So he had, as I understand it, excellent care. I trained in Los Angeles, so I know he had excellent care. Yeah. And uh, he uh, <clears throat> is now in the recovery phase, which is uh, dealing with uh, return of function. Um, that takes a long time, Bob. 
and uh, the jury is out in terms of how uh, much uh, functional return he will get. Yeah, you know, he's had how many back surgeries now? I think at least four or five back surgeries, in addition to having this apparently never even hit the brakes, the evidence indicates, up to this point. So he must have fallen asleep at the wheel. And, uh, you know, you'd love to see the guy actually return uh, to the golf course because he's so talented, but it, I guess he might be just very fortunate to uh, live without pain. This is a guy that lives on the edge. Mm-hmm. The back surgery was actually, surgeries, I think he's at five, <clears throat> were anticipated. Um, having known uh, <clears throat> the type of swing that he employs uh, as opposed to some other types of swings, um, I had done some analysis uh, in biomechanics and so when you generate a lot of torque with a V-type swing, uh, you will develop back problems. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, at the level that he was doing, at the torque that he was delivering to the ball, uh, it's not surprising that he developed that. And there's a lot of other factors, too. He kept himself in excellent shape, but you can't go against genetics. You can't go against mechanics. You can't go against some of the other things that you do in life. And so um, that irrespective of these injuries. These injuries are life-threatening. Uh, for several weeks, there's chances of blood clots, fat emboli, infection, mm-hmm. uh, things that are uh, very significant uh, departures to health. And, and so I hope that uh, he continues to do well, um, as uh, anybody uh, that we care about and we treat and we wish good things for. Yeah. Uh, but as far as being on tour again, uh, he has an incredibly high mountain to climb. But somebody like him is used to climbing mountains. Yeah, that's a good good point. Good point, Doctor. I like to just change the topic a little bit because some of our listeners right now are living in pain. And uh, you were so helpful to me in dealing with the pain that I had in my knees. Uh, and uh, replaced both of my knees in 2006. But uh, what I really appreciated is, is taking me through a process to help eliminate pain to a point where finally uh, <laughs> well, we got to the last The last uh, choice was uh, basically knee replacement, and so I'm so grateful we did that. But I was wondering if you could comment on living with pain. Oh, absolutely. I think <clears throat> we're living through a lot of challenges right now, uh, and... Um, it's important to, uh, as we just talked about, uh, figure out a strategy to overcome challenges. Pain is a normal response to certain physiological developments. Mm-hmm. And how you deal with that and how you cope with the challenges that it, it gives people is incredibly important. And we've developed a lot of strategies to, to do that, to help mitigate the effects of pain and, and, and the uh, sensation. And so even when we do joint replacements now, uh, Bob, we've come a long way towards managing pain, Mm -hmm. and that sets the tone for a much better recovery. Uh, So there's a lot of analgesic methods that we employ. Um, There's uh, agents that we inject in joints now that have a very beneficial effect in terms of inflammation and decreasing inflammation, which uh, a lot of times causes pain. And so there's uh, very uh, exciting developments uh, now in terms of managing uh, the effects of pain. 
Um, and that's part of the challenge. The other challenge is uh, developing a mindset um, that you can continue to function despite pain. Mm -hmm. Some people are better at that than others. And um, trying to um, uh, create uh, that neurostimulation so that that uh, ability is enhanced is, is very important as well. Yeah, absolutely. Doctor, I just uh, would encourage uh, our listeners, if you're in pain because of a knee, shoulder, uh, ankle, whatever it might be, uh, I would encourage you to go to Dr. George Markovich, uh, have, set an appointment, get a consultation. I will tell you from personal experience, he will take very good care of you and he'll go at a, at a strategy and develop a strategy that will be very helpful to you. 482-5399 is the, uh, is the phone number, 482-5399. Dr. Markovich, I genuinely appreciate uh, your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob. I would just add, bigger is not necessarily better. You know, one of the things that's happening these days is this huge things are happening, huge companies, huge uh, entities. We like to keep it small, effective, and efficient. Yeah, great point indeed. 482-5399 is the phone number. Dr. Markovich, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob. My pleasure indeed. All right, coming up, uh, we're going to be visiting with the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. The dining scene in Naples is among the nation's finest. Get a first-hand experience with Naples Culinary Walks. Join a guided food walk with a terrific guide in a small group through elegant Naples neighborhoods known for destination restaurants. In three hours, you'll stop for small plates on your chosen tour. Dining walk choices include morning, afternoon, and evening offerings on 5th Avenue South, Downtown 3rd Street, Waterside, Galleria Shops at Vanderbilt, and more. Prices begin at only $46 a person, depending on the tour you select. To find out more and to make a reservation, visit NaplesCulinaryWalks.com. That's NaplesCulinaryWalks.com for a great value and a terrific dining experience. Do you have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity? Maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide two and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840 or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. 
Uh, one of the programs they have is uh, uh, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It seems like it wants to go in the opposite direction now, but uh, our work is so important. I say ours because I serve on the board. I hope you'll check out the website, thefga.org. We have with us the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Bill, thank you so much for joining us. Well, Bob, it's always my pleasure on this uh, kind of rainy, a little bit of rain uh, Thursday, and it's, it's it's good. Everything needed a little bit of a soaking. Yeah, it did. But, uh, yeah. So, so, you know, I, I, I kind of find uh, rainy days refreshing in a way because we, we get a lot of sunlight down here. So Yeah, you're not kidding. I'm, I'm the, my, my bulldog wasn't too happy with it this morning at about 625 because that's her time to go out. Yeah. And um, she 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 went took a step out and tried to turn around to come back in. I wouldn't <laughs> let her. <laughs> so she went and did her business and then came back in, but but kind of annoyed oh, said, what's going on out here yeah but uh yeah it is nice it's nice to soak everything down and get some of that dust and dirt off so i, I guess we could suggest that your uh, bulldog is somewhat domesticated <laughs> yeah he is domesticated no doubt about it 12 years old she's yeah. definitely domesticated hey well I guess, <laughs> yeah i guess the big news is uh that uh apparently the uh, city council has made a decision about a new uh legal council for, yeah. for Naples. Yeah, they they did. <clears throat> they um they didn't waste any time. Um <clears throat> they uh they they let Retzel and Andres, who's been serving us for over twenty years go. Um and um <clears throat> I think one of the finest attorneys I've ever met and had a chance to work with, uh Jim Fox. Um I don't care who they hired and I watched the whole the whole interview process and everything else. Mm. Um, but um, I sure hope they get their money's worth, Bob, because uh, uh, I'm the one with the most experience working with Retzel and Andrus with, with the, with the years that I put in, <clears throat> excuse me. And, um, and I, I just, I'm, I'm sick over it. I, mm. I really am. I mean, you know, you don't want to wish anybody ill luck or anything like that, but, I think the city's going to be in for a for a pretty rough ride, um, especially listening. <clears throat> excuse me to some of the things that they said um, during their interview process. One of them had to do with um, you know executive sessions and shade sessions, and they had the audacity to tell. And this is in the public, and you can watch this if you want to. That um, that they 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 criticized Jim Fox for leaving a paper trail by sending emails and everything. And they said, anytime you want a shade session, you just tell us and we'll make sure it happens. Just whisper in our ear. But, you know, you shouldn't be leaving paper trails. I mean, you've got to be kidding. This is transparency. This is the public. Mm. Uh, I don't know what, um, you know, what council has in mind, especially Ms. Heitman. She's not got her own agendas going. And uh, um, candidly, listen, I'm just a citizen. Uh, uh, not happy. But anyway, well, um, well, I just point out that uh, you're not just a citizen. You served us for 25 years on city council as well as our mayor, and you pay attention to what's going on. So I think you're a great resource for us to, to understand the, what's what's happening. How's uh, Teresa Heitman doing as mayor? <laughs> well, Bob, I I, I just um, she never ceases to amaze me. She can't run a meeting, but I will tell you a a, a, a 
quick funny story. Um, she was asked to um, uh, start a um, a 5K race at Baker Park. It was a big one um, this past weekend. And um, because I usually did all that when I was mayor, but they asked her, uh, one of the council members, Ted Blankenship, asked her, because he's on that and he, he's on their board and he runs, he's a runner, if she would kick the race off. And so she said yes. So they made a very specific look. You have to be there at 7 a.m. sharp, okay? She's not a morning person, for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. And she agreed to it, and they said it's really important because we've got to do the national anthem, and then we have a little distance to go before where the race starts. And this is Baker Park. I, I, I emphasize that, okay? Yep. And so she shows up at 7.20. Um, they have to skip the, uh, the national anthem. And um, so the the uh, president of Gulf Coast Runners says a few words and introduces her. And she says, well, wow, this, there's a lot of people out here for this hour in the morning. You know, well, they're all runners, obviously, and kind of used to it. And then she says, I want to thank all of you for supporting the dog park. You're kidding. No, I'm not. <laughs> I, I am not kidding. It was told to me by three different people, but... Um, um, yeah, thanks for supporting the dog park. And she was at Baker Park. I don't, I don't know um, where she was that morning, but yeah. anyway. So the race did get off okay, but um, uh, that answers your question anyway. How she's doing? Yeah, it certainly does. Well, I guess we can surmise from that that uh, she really is not a morning person, as as you suggest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, anyway. So, you know, it's just hard to figure out what, what the entire council, well, without, with the exception of a few, um, is trying to accomplish and trying to do. It just seems like they're trying to, they're trying to build walls up instead of taking them down, yeah. you know. Um, and um, it's, it's, very, it's very difficult for us to watch, uh, a lot of us. Yeah, so but, I, 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 know, uh, I know you're not going to be running for mayor again. Uh, you've already told us that. Uh, who's on the bench? Who who's who can? Uh, well, I I think for, first of all, candidly, and I don't know whether it happens or not. Um, uh, well, Gary Price would would be a would be a very good mayor, mm -hmm. no doubt about it. Um, but he'll probably have some competition now. Remember, Bob, there's she just finished her first year. She's got three more years to go. Um, I I don't know whether she'll make full term or not. Um, but um, we'll see. Um, I don't want to make any predictions about myself either. We'll just have to wait that out and see what happens. Oh, um, wow. That's a, that's well, a... no, I'm only talking about if, perchance, and I'm not wishing it on her, um, that, that she doesn't finish um, this term. Um, but, the, you know, the thing is, is that, um, in, in, you know, people will, will pop up, and there are some good there, but Gary, I think, um, if we're talking about at the end of her term, Gary Price would be a great mayor. Yeah, he's, I, he's, I agree. He's been in this community quite a while. He's a family man. He knows his issues. So, you know, we'll have to wait and see. Absolutely. And it, is he vice vice mayor? No, he was vice mayor. Yeah. Uh, no, he was vice mayor. Uh, Terry Hutchison is vice mayor right now. Okay. Well, we'll see. watch and see how that all unfolds. It should be very interesting. I can't... So, uh, Teresa, hi. Yeah, but I, I'm going to tell you one more thing. Um, last week, next Wednesday's council meeting will be um, very interesting because 
uh, Mayor Heitman got called out for uh, for some violations that she her personally has done. She hired her own law firm, Bob. I'm not kidding you. And huh. she can't do that. And then she brings a bill into the city and asks the city to pay it for somewhere between $3,700 and $5,000. And nobody knows what it was for, why she hired them. She didn't have any permission from council. So that's going to be coming up next Wednesday and definitely worth watching. That is so interesting. Breaking news right here on the Bob Harden yeah, Show. Yeah, <laughs> you got it on the Bob Harden Show with your 100,000 listeners. Yeah, we so, got it. Yeah, Bill. Hey, Bill, I just <laughs> genuinely appreciate your commentary in the show. It's always great to have you on. Thanks so much for joining us. <laughs> Bob, I enjoy it myself. You stay well and uh, keep healing up. All right. Thank you so much, Bill. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I will say that uh, I have, didn't have a chance to cover it earlier, but uh, the former president, Donald Trump, issued a scathing new statement slamming Joe Biden over his new $2 trillion radical plan, calling it a globalist betrayal. I think it's so interesting that he's done this. Joe Biden's radical plan to implement the largest tax hike in American history is a massive giveaway to China and many other countries and will send thousands of factories, millions of jobs, and trillions of dollars to these competitive nations. The Biden plan will crush American workers and decimate U.S. manufacturing while giving special tax privileges to outsourcers, foreign, and giant multinational companies. You know, I couldn't agree more. You see the whole structure of this plan. Talk about rebuilding uh, our bridges and the airports. They certainly need a facelift. There's no question on, the, on that, our highways. But a, a small portion of this $2 trillion is to be spent on that for that purpose. A lot of it is laying the groundwork for making us a socialist country when we don't need that. Well, we need to free up the economy, uh, get rid of regulations, and help uh, help people get jobs. That's what they want. And uh, unfortunately, Biden's promise to build back better, but the country he's building up in particular is China and, and other large segments of the world, Trump said. Under the Biden administration, America is once again losing the economic war with China and Biden's ludicrous multi-trillion dollar tax hikes is a strategy of total economic surrender. Couldn't agree more. Thank you, Mr. President. I hope you take a look at that uh, full statement that he, that he made. It's uh, very impressive. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. Thank you again for joining us. Uh, tomorrow we'll visit with William Yateman, a research fellow at the Cato Institute. Michael Cannon is the director of health studies at the Cato Institute. He'll be joining us, as well as Dave Bigo, the author of The Devil at Our Doorstep. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. <laughs>